Welcome to the Greg Love Star Wars Show. Mm. We can start well, with this? I'm just saying not a day goes by. So That's like, not true. Okay, I guess today you haven't bitched about Star Wars. I didn't bitch about it for several days. Well, it feels like not a day goes by. You just take every opportunity. It seems like, you know, maybe when you think of new novel things to bitch about, you bitch. I, I, I learned something about... Uh, why I dislike Star Wars. Okay. I learned something uh, very important and very interesting. That I, 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 um, I had to thank the Red Letter Media guys for, uh, for having this incisive okay. point that uh, Star Wars is very limited. Star Wars can only do one thing. It can only do adventure stories. Right. Uh, it can't do anything else with any success. Every time it tries, it fails. It can... So the universe itself consists of either TIE Fighters or Lightsabers or Darth Vader. You can't do anything without having one of those things involved. And most times, both two things. <laughs> it seems like the, the expansions of the universe at work are the ones where they are doing adventure stories. Mm-hmm. And when they're not doing a story where the whole point of the story is uh, people have to do a thing, have to get a thing to do a thing, which is your basic adventure story, it fails. Uh, one of the things that you watched recently is you watched a, a Star Trek episode, actually. Sure, yes. And the point of first of all, I wanted to show it to you because I thought it was a good episode. I talked about it earlier before before it was it was, Star Wars happened. It was interesting to me because it had good storytelling elements to it. At times, the acting was atrocious. Uh, it, it, it has... I mean, really bad. Like when the guy, the the, the uh, Cardassian, Cardassian, which was locked up. Yeah, that guy was bad. The, he... the, two, the two leads of that particular show, the two, the two that were the main characters in that particular episode, were great. Okay. I think so. You may disagree. I I don't know. I think that uh, the main character, the girl, uh, you know, she was played a little heavy fist. Not granted, it's a half an hour show, so they had to rush it's through. An hour show. Oh, was it was an hour? Okay, well, they had it's, it. felt like they were really rushing to get to their the plot points. I, I like I said, I get the good storytelling and the character progression and that kind of thing. I just thought the acting was atrocious okay, at times. Okay, yeah, I mean, and, I, I, and I, I felt rushed at other times. I'm not going to argue with you about that. Yeah. The point was that it was. That show, you could do that type of show in, um, you know, in, 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 a, in a military hospital in, um, in Japan, for example, right? I mean, you, you, it doesn't have to be sure. Star Trek, right? But it, it worked in a Star Trek universe. So it right. had trappings of Star Trek around it, but the, the story itself was a small character story right. that you could tell successfully in a Star Trek environment. I don't know of any way that... that I've never seen a Star Wars thing do that kind of story, or stories that were not a group of people or a person has to do a thing, or has to get a thing to do a thing successfully. Right. right. I mean, you could be right. I'm trying to think of some of the Rebels episodes. I know there was, I think there was still a get a thing to do the thing, but I mean, there were, I guess I think of an episode where, it was, early, it was in the first season of Rebels, where there was one of the, I forget the name of the species, but Greedo's species, you know, the little green guy with the antennas, and kind of how he 
got a you know they actually took some time to expand on his character. You oh know, my god, was, I know the name of the species. It okay, came to me. Rodians. Ro- that's Rodians? it. Yes, it's a Rodian. Yeah. I know that because of the star the Star Wars games I used to play, <laughs> like Jedi Knight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a Rodian. So it was a Rodian that knew Ezra's parents and was working for the Empire. And so I mean, there was it was a more complex character type thing and some exploration and expansion of that character. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was an action element to that episode or not. It probably was, but you know, the thing that sticks yeah. with me in that episode is, but your point is generally accurate. Yes. I was just trying to think of one instance where they actually took some time to get to know a character. Yeah. I mean, like I asked that. some people about rebels and they, you know, I, I, I asked at this point mm-hmm. and I said, you know, can you, they said, Oh, they're, they're great episodes. I said, okay, tell me about one. They're like, huh? Well, and I said, just the first one that comes to your mind. Oh, well there was this, these guys had to go to this thing, and I was like, okay, well, tell me the episode where they, they didn't have a group of people having to get a thing and do a thing. That's all I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so... I mean, that's the one episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it for you, and you okay, can, yeah, you can I'm, watch I'm, it. I'm happy to check it out. The, the, I mean, the thing that strikes me is you think of the, the ones that worked, um, and, of course, the ones that really worked well were... Uh, for, Five, six, and seven in terms of expanding the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Empire expanded the universe. It was an adventure story, but it successfully expanded. You know, they got Dagobah in there. They got Cloud City. They did these expansions of, mm-hmm. of the realms and what was available. You get to see a new part of Tatooine as well. With, oh, that's Jedi, but yeah. It, well, but, yeah, but you get to see, you get to see a, the underworld aspect mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the Jabba thing. That, mm-hmm. was, that was new, yeah. right? That was new. Right. But it still took place in an adventure story. Now, when they, they introduced new stuff in those prequels, but they weren't stories, so there's nothing to do there. The Force Awakens introduced new characters and sort of got just vaguely enough to, of, of character beats that it was, and, and but it was an adventure, so it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, the war movie aspect of Rogue One does not work. It's, you, they could not. Nothing that they tried to expand the universe with was successful. And everything else was just fan service with TIE fighters and uh, oh, ATSTs with different body, like the, the, color, car, the cargo carrier ones. Different that, colors. <laughs> they have a hole in the middle so you can stick a shipping container in them. Why would you need an armored cargo carrier with legs and guns? Yes, on your base. Why would you then attack your own base with. with Especially these? when you have repulsor lifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that video you showed me on YouTube, uh, Jenny Jameson. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's really good stuff in there. I mean, it, it's kind of film student depth. You know, it's if you could take like a red uh, uh, Mr. Plinkett review uh-huh. and just distill out the film school part of it. And take away the, the vile personality and the <laughs> potty humor. Right. You know, it, it's going to be mostly the same a, thing. A, a lot of the same points. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was, uh, I'm not saying it was derivative. I'm saying it, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was really I, good. I, I, I think you know her point about if if you're watching Glory and at the end, right after all the people <laughs> sacrifice their lives, a, a Confederate soldier comes out there, bayonets everybody, and they're like, "Yeah, awesome." <laughs> that would strike you as really odd. <laughs> And yeah. you know the, these drastic tonal shifts that the movie takes were just were just awful. And um, another point I made was 
Can you imagine doing a war movie in the Fast and the Furious universe? No, it's good for one thing. It does adventure, you know, silly adventure movie stuff well. Now, I can, there are plenty of other uh, genre, you know, other stories behind Star Trek that can do this. X Files is an example. I don't even like X Files. I know that the X Files can support a whole bunch of different types of stories. Right. Um, Doctor Who can support a whole bunch of different types of stories. Uh, you can expand these universes in a whole bunch of different ways, but I just feel like Star Wars is bogged down by that, that, that core that has to be supported, or it has to be an adventure movie, and that's, that's all, the, all you can do with it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, like, I, yeah, I think as time goes by, I will... I mean, I, I appreciate now how Rogue One wasn't a great story. Right, I mean, none of the characters made a connection with me other than K two S O. And the only reason K two S O did the SAS robot was because that was the only time during the movie you were actually like, okay, the, the, I might be entertained for a brief section. I won't be bored out of my bored off my tits sitting here waiting for something interesting to happen. At least th- this guy might say something that I'm thinking in the back of my mind. Like, right, <laughs> right. I mean, there was that. There was a nice thing, like you know, just showing like kind of a small ancillary like peek into day-to-day life like they stole a imperial droid and reprogrammed it you know it's just i don't know i just but that whole like if you think about any it doesn't make sense because why wouldn't the imperials use these hyper competent (laughs) uh humanoid droids instead of stormtroopers yeah instead of stormtroopers who can be who who, why are they wearing armor (laughs) to look menacing i told you you can't you can't argue that well, you can't argue. If, that they if you don't look see menacing. them in the armor, get just blown over, not even by guns, but you can just hit him in the head with, no, with but shit. But it, it's about with a stick, and they die. But you it, hit him in the head with a stick, oh, and right, they die. It's, a, it's about how many? Clearly, that's not medicine. But that's not what it's about. It's about occupying worlds and you know forcing compliance, mm-hmm. not actually fighting battles. So they're there to look menacing and to force compliance. And until the rebellion or some rebels can, you know, take out, um, you know, dozens of them without a okay. Well, sweat, so so, all right, so you know, no one's going to know how infermitable they really are. Okay, so that's fine from an in-universe explanation. But as then, then for us as people who are watching, then we know that they are not a threat at all to our quote-unquote heroes. So there's no tension involved when they're on screen. So whatever in-universe explanation you have for it, yeah. if if the armor is useless and we know that they can be that, that two people with you know relatively who are not superheroes or Jedi's or whatever can still take care of a fucking platoon of, of stormtroopers, all of a sudden any t- possible tension is removed from any of those scenes. I'm trying to think. I'm just you know the scene where you know I'm still trying to justify it is um, Hoth base right and. I'm thinking it was being overrun with thousands of stormtroopers, right? And at that point, it doesn't matter how incompetent they are. You know, I, I guess. Force. I mean, it may, in hot I mean, days, just maybe stormtroopers ma- made more. were probably more interesting back then than they are now. Yeah. Because the expansions that have been there have, have been forced to make them much less menacing in order to accommodate the storyline. Now it just feels... Right. Yeah. Saul Guerrero is going to be in the Rebels that airs tonight. Ooh, because that, that character was so interesting. 
Maybe he will be in Rebels. I, I want to know you. so much about that character because man, <laughs> that when that on screen time was just so much there. Clearly, <laughs> I'm gonna stay behind and defend the sand cave. Right. Maybe you walk to the ship with your, you know, maybe you just, you got time. Die on the way. Like, oh, I mean, Jenny, like, she's pointing, like, with the monk, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why the walk of faith and why not using his force skills to kick some more shit before he dies? And then just finally overwhelmed with, you know, overwhelming force, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. I mean, she had so much good points there. They could have made some of those scenes actually mean something. They could have, and they decided not to. They decided to just hit fanboy notes. We gotta get Darth Vader in there. Gotta get some TIE Fighter things. Look, they're kind of like TIE Fighters, but they they have half wings, so they're different. TIE Strikers, I think they're called. Ooh, TIE Strikers. Yeah, remember these? Remember ATSDs? We have them again. <laughs> they rather meet you guys. Were, like, were there a... ATSDs in there? Yeah. ATSDs are the two legged ones. Well, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. No. ATATs are the four legged oh, ones. Okay. Um, the, the reason they were in Empire was because they needed, not because, as I'm going to quote like directly from the Red Letter Media guys, not because they. This is a cool concept. We got to get these things in there. It was because mm-hmm. you needed something in the snow that was a threat. Mm-hmm. That was it. You needed something in the snow that worked as, as as a threat. Bringing them back doesn't. I mean, I, I look at Empire and think they expanded the universe with putting in these interesting things. And when it went to Cloud City, they didn't have Tie Fighters there. They had these new weird things we never see again. Mm-hmm. But they just you know that fit the Cloud City decor. Why couldn't they have new things? Why did they have to bring back the fucking same shit? Yeah. You know, they're expanding the operational theater of things. Because in the original three, TIE Fighters were only space vessels as far as we ever saw. We never saw them working in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was first watching Rebels, they're using them like airplanes, too. And they're like, fuck, no. That just ruined my picture of what a TIE Fighter was, you know, what it's what it was used for. Um, so, you know, seeing them in Force Awakens when they're leaving Jakku, there's TIE Fighters flying around, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so you see them in the atmosphere there, you see them in the atmosphere in... So they've expanded that, um, you know, operational theater. Maybe it's always intended to be a way, but I always saw them as, you know, a space-based fighter. Okay. Uh... And then same thing with the the walkers, two legged or four legged. They're all over rebels. Not an episode goes by where you don't see more walkers. And you know, so they're just such old hat now. Yeah, give us something new. Give us some new idea. Why not? I mean, I guess you could argue against that, saying even the empire has finite resources, so they're not going to have infinite numbers of things to do the same job. I don't buy that at all. They can make these huge Star Destroyers, and then at the end of the... They, they lose their Death Star, and the next thing they make, you see is a big, gigantic... You know, four years later, Super Star Destroyer. I don't buy the resource issues at all. Almost, almost not, not the making of them, but why design 20 things that do the same thing? 
be cool. I mean, that that's just making fancy new shit to be fancy new shit for the screen at that point. But fancy new shit that would serve a purpose yeah. story wise. I guess they did have something new in this, and that they had a uh, uh, a a game based system to retrieve records from hard drives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because uh, the droids couldn't just use their little rotary computer interface to pull them out, I guess, huh? No, they had to, because they had to make that into the big challenge. That was the big, uh, <laughs> the big challenge they had to get over was finding the hard drive. That's exciting shit, man, in a war movie. Well, they wanted to get them out into, I mean, one thing Star Wars has to have is catwalks over abysses and things like no, that. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> it doesn't, but it, I'm not saying it does, but someone thinks it does, because name me a Star Wars movie where there's not a catwalk over an abyss. Oh, um, got me there. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, when they're like designing, you know, yeah, let it go. Let's have a movie without a catwalk over an abyss. But... Mm-hmm. Let's have a movie without. Hey, let's let's do a Star Wars movie without the Force. You can do. I don't. You can do a Star Trek movie without the Enterprise without Kirk. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I don't know if it's been an actual movie, but you can do Star Wars t- Star Trek TV shows for sure. Um, well, there's been Star there's been Star Trek without Kirk, and there, and there has been Star Trek without the Enterprise. So yeah, yeah but the, the Voyage Home didn't have the Enterprise in it. At the end, they got a new one at the end, but that was just really like fan service. Fan service. At that that point, (laughs) the movie won you over. Um, I mean, I'm not like saying that even like the the most recent Star Trek. I'm not saying that 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 the most recent Star Trek movie was perfect. No, it wasn't. But it was successful in in having interesting in in telling character stories uh, and in. in, in in being good enough to, to win you over at the end that you bought into the the, the the silly stuff. I really should buy more of this beer. It's a good beer. <laughs> I'm drinking a Boston Lager in yeah. the pre-show. And, uh, you know, not every time I have it, I forget how good it is. But, you know, tonight it's like, you know how many beers I drink that aren't half this good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's got it has a lot of good malt to it. It had, uh, you know, nice, clean, crisp quality to the lager. It's a good beer. I order so many beers off the menu at the bar, you know, and most of them aren't this good. <laughs> You're not getting these glasses, too. You're not getting this insightful conversation. Yeah, exactly. So that makes it better. So, did you see Greg uh, Fumiera just sent us? He got his new Spiegel glasses. Mm-hmm. They're different. Yes. We'll talk about that in the main show, I guess, but we're going to have to figure out which glass is better. And figure out yeah, well, what happened he, to the allotment on these. I guess he, he said they're real expensive, right? He said they're expensive, but I, I don't... Um, you know, I was in Boston Town. I, I couldn't, like... I just, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to run and, mm-hmm. and check and see, like, our link. So I said, okay, well, those look... He pointed me to, to mm-hmm. those. I was like, oh, those look the same. He's asking us on Twitter. And, and I was like, well, those look the same. So I said, go for those. Because those, it was cheaper than the whatever he's getting, like $50 per glass for mm-hmm. Spiegel. I was like, oh, God, don't do that. Um, I mean, I like the glasses, but they're not that <laughs> good. Um, but so I got different ones. They're apparently larger, considerably larger, but it looks like the same design. He says he thinks the glass is a little thicker. It's probably the case of a larger glass, but 
Yeah, I'll have to take yeah. a look at those. Worth checking out. Uh, I had some conversation with Jamie about Star Wars. He's still in the. Uh, I, I still liked it. His uh, his last response to me was, "It wasn't over top. It was kind of boring. If it wasn't in the Star Wars universe, it would have been a barely okay mission movie." Well, that's a bad movie. Uh, I know. I'm just. I I haven't. I'm still kind of in that. I mean, there's parts of the movie I enjoyed because it was Star Wars, space battles. I love space. I love the Star Wars. I space love battles. space battles. I love. You can make fun of me if you want, but I mean, if I see. You know, but I don't love the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, you know, so it has to be the certain kind of TIE fighters flying around mm-hmm. and not over-the-top nonsense. Uh, I, I understand. I mean, like, when, when I was a kid, I liked Star Wars fine. And, you know, as I grew up, I it, it didn't it didn't capture a hold of me the same way. And I think that the reason for me was at least <laughs> this idea of, of, of not being able to have the universe hold some truth to me. I don't know whether I conceived of it then, you know, or had some idea of this then. I mean, it makes sense to me now. Um, as an example of why I sort of gravitated towards Star Trek and not Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I liked it. You know, the the, the the stuff, you know, when you, you're near a kid, of course you love space battles. It's candy. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's lollipops and candy for you. But, when there's nothing, there's nothing at stake, I don't know how I can justify. Oh, look, a cool space battle. Another one. I'm easily amused. I guess. But okay, so you like the space battle stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that the end of the movie, and it's said this word, I'll say it again. I thought the end of the movie was competently directed action. The action was decent enough to, to keep you invested in some sense. The first two thirds of the movie didn't. Mm hmm. So yeah, okay, I'll, I'll buy the space battle stuff. Yeah, it was propulsive and entertaining, not exceptionally so, but it was right. enough to keep you entertained. Right, and it wasn't very many minutes of screen time, mm-hmm. you know. So it was just highlights, or you know, changing the channel during the commercial break to see what's sure, happening. Right, sure. so it didn't really have to have a story; it just had to be. An interest, you know, um, had to be, you know, visually appealing, but, you know, sure, there's a fan service thing. I like seeing my favorite spaceships fly around and shoot things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lo- you know, and then we talked about before, but, you know, I thought they had some nice touches, like when uh, Vader's Death Star Destroyer comes out of hyperspace and everything slams into it. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. That, that was too. a nice visual. I, I can't say, I mean, I really can't say anything. Mm-hmm. Bad about that particular visual. I thought that was a well done, like example. <coughs> excuse me, example of using the the idea of these things popping out. You know, that just right. pop into existence essentially, and using that as a as a dramatic mm-hmm. for dramatic effect. Yeah, that works. Yeah, good visual. So, I mean, that's my main part. I I'm not really going to try to defend anything else of the mm-hmm. movie. Now, does that make it worth your time? Does it make it worth the money spent? Depends, right? Depends how much you love Star Wars. Yeah, and I think I talked about this last time, which is my major issue is how I'm... Did I talk about this last time? I talked about it on the chat with you. I'm forced to watch these Star Wars movies. I have to. Yeah, you said that. To keep up with the cultural conversation. So that is... Like, 
I don't complain about the the, the newest Transformers movie because I don't fucking care. No one cares. I have to watch it to have conversations right. with people. For some fucking reason, Star Wars is the glue that, or part of the glue that holds popular culture together. And so everyone's forced to fucking see these movies, and that's what all everyone talks about, especially when they release in December and there's nothing else, because mm-hmm. fuck you, it's January. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're lucky, people get sick of annual Star Wars installments. and Yeah, if, if I'm lucky. I mean, uh, the, the Marvel movies are getting to a point where they're starting to be sort of culturally relevant. These people, I, I notice, are talking about them more. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not backbone of culture like Star Wars is. But they're competent. I mean, you can tell multiple stories in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. Uh, they're not. They're not fantastic. I'm not go here and say that every Marvel movie is, is amazing. But I, I wonder if I wonder if any generation is going to like Star Wars as much as the kids that were six oh. to fifteen in the late seventies, early eighties. You know that kind of thing. I wonder if once those guys are done going to the movies, right. whether Star Wars drops an entire notch or two in pop culture. Well, if they continue to come out with movies like this one, I think that that's inevitable. Right. Well, I'd be curious to see. I don't think it's been enough time. I don't think an, a, a new a new generation has been separate enough from my generation right. to actually embrace Star Wars on you know by themselves. It's hard to say because it's either like me jamming down my kid's throat. Mm-hmm. Or you know, yeah, it's hard to say. But I'm, you know, I'm thinking, you know, in another thirty years. Oh my God, you made thirty more Star Wars between now and then. I don't know how this is going to play out, but they, my, the worst part is, yes, I can. My my initial point was that you know everyone who's my age is is keeping this stuff culturally relevant. Maybe we'll get a Saul Guerrero movie. Watch that be the good one. Watch Forrest Whitaker be his, you know, magnum opus. We're going to get a... We're going to get a Han Solo movie. And we're going to get, what, a Yoda movie? And then we're going to get a Boba Fett movie? Uh, I mean, I Because it's just the fucking most incestuous <laughs> universe and everyone yeah. has to be related to each other and everyone doesn't know each well, other. Well, it's like when I saw Saul Guerrero's going to be on the next Rebels. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> give it a break. Um, I heard about Han Solo, obviously episodes eight and nine, and when does Rebels take place? Rebels takes place right before Rogue One. Oh, jeez. I thought it took place like in between four and five. No. No. No, it takes place like starting like seven years or so before episode four. Okay, so, so about seven years before. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. With what you know about the Rebels TV show and how they have talked about Rebels, was mm-hmm. any of the stuff in Rogue One justified? Either Rebels who were supposed to be morally compromised, like uh, like Cassian, uh, who had one scene where he killed somebody, and that was, but then he turned into a mm-hmm. you know plain good guy. Period. Or at the end of the movie, where they're, or, or you know, near the end, when Jin turns from a cynic into a hopeful person, like immediately, because that's her, because her arc was right. one, one tiny scene. Um, 
when all the rappers are saying, we should just give up. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Um... They're mostly a detached unit. You know, they're not with Mon Mantha and um, Akbar. Oregon guy. Mm. You know, Leia's dad, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Um, even though Jimmy Smith's character has been in Rebels, um, the the main commander that they, like Commander Admiral Soto, which I don't think made it in, was in Rogue One at all, as far as I know. He uh, He's kind of their main liaison back to the main... Uh, Rebel Alliance, but they're kind of a detached unit. You know, they don't really work that closely. This last season or so, you see them doing more missions for the Rebel Alliance, but they're almost like a splinter cell okay. of the Rebellion the first two or three seasons. Um, only Hera knew, you know, had contact. Are there any morally gray characters in their unit? It's a kid's show. So, no. I mean, I mean there's... There's illusions like um, the Wookiee stand-in. Um, can I think of his name right now? But there's an alien guy on the ship. You know, he's he's the Chewie of the show. Um, you know, there's early on there was kind of illusions to him being you know the guy that would you know kill bad guys without you know a, a thought. But you know, because it's a kid show, you don't see that very much. Um, there's a couple thieves you know like uh smuggler thieves that they do business with all the time and they it's interesting like i was thinking about this for star trek there are there's the humans the humans are of course you know one of the main characters because they're you know i mean with star trek easy to do makeup easy to make up but i mean star trek has lots of alien species but they're all far hits basically (laughs) but um there's the humans that you know these are these guys who uh 200 years previously almost killed each other uh, and then, you know, have this new philosophy where they are, you know, trying to be inclusive and, and uh, everything that, you know, brings up by the Federation. Uh, there are the Vulcans who also nearly kill each other like uh, 2,000 years ago because they're way too fucking emotional. So they have this staunch philosophy of logic uh, because they're not because they're, illo- they're they're completely logical creatures, because if they don't stick to this logic thing, they get way too emotional and, and overpower themselves there are the Romans who are this split off from the Vulcans and, and they have they kind of took uh, uh, they're kind of like a Russia in, in, in like a modern Russia in a sense they have this very spy oriented thing mm-hmm. and they're all about deception there's the Klingons who have this honor code but they are um, uh, a, a sort of a caste system but it's like you know, honor is a big thing in their society there's the Cardassians who have uh Beside you, they're sort of like Ramans, but they're all, but they're also a little bit crueler in some sense. But they have a more like love for their state than the Ramans do. They're not as deception towards each other as they are towards everyone else. Um, there's Bajoran. There's, there's a whole bunch of these different things. But in Star in Star Wars, there's a monoculture. There's one culture. There's a whole bunch of different aliens. But there's one culture the entire galaxy has. Pretty much. It's yeah. either you're good or you're evil. That's the extent of it. And there's one religion, and you're either good or you're evil, and that's it. Everywhere you go, mm-hmm. everyone knows the same fucking has the same customs, the same uh, ident- cultural identity. Yeah. D- d- does rebels expand upon that in any way? Um, not really. I mean, 
I mean, I think there's some, I mean, they don't spend much time on it, but I think there is some customs. I mean, okay, Rebels does have a little bit of customs around uh, the people of Lothal, which is the planet where Ezra's from, um, and the um, Twi'lek planet, um, I forget the name of it, you know, they go to that a little bit. I mean, there's some, probably more than in the movies, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot more episodes, yeah, a lot more time to work on that. So they they do. Sure. I mean, they don't get not like the one episode, of Deep Space Nine. I got this. You know, obviously they're really showing the uh, Cardassians mm-hmm. and the um, Bajorans. Bajorans culture mm-hmm. and their what their norms and their meme, you know, means and things like that. You know, like the, the when the guy was spouting off about you know. It was his duty, you know, you know, so he really helped get not just his military duty, but you could see it was a cultural thing, right. a, a species thing, so a race thing. Uh, yeah, so they, I mean, nothing like that, but you get some inklings of it's, it's, it's good the, to see that the norms of the different ex- species. Yeah, trying to expand that a little bit because you don't get any of that in, <coughs> in any of the movies. So, anyway, anyway, you're going on about, uh, ro- about re- rebels. Um. <laughs> oh, it was just you was trying to follow up on your questions, right? Oh, about bad people or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean even the smuggler trader people, right? Or there's no consequences. Oh, you got me, you know. So, but yeah. So is, the episode that show. I showed Jeff was the episode of Deep Space Nine first season episode called Duet. Uh, for those who are curious. And yeah, I agree there are certain things that, you know, there are not great performances in there. There are two, I think, great performances in there, particularly from the guy. The the, the guest actor was great, the Cardassian. You you don't think so? Okay, whatever. I thought it was great, great performance. There was parts, but then there was parts where he was just belting out his monologue. and. Oh, that was, it was justified in the sense because that was what he was attempting to do. Oh, he's trying to play a character and not that good at it. Right. I guess. Uh, no, no, I think he was, he was good at it enough to... Well, no, what I'm saying is he was playing a character who was playing a character. Right. And playing a character that wasn't able to do that character all that well. Right, well, and, and he was trying to feed off of her emotions as, I mean, he made like he made the point to, to contact somebody who to, who he knew would was part of, the you know, uh, somebody who had... Who had Got into that camp. Who was a rebel fighter? Who had these emotions mm-hmm. towards people? So he, yeah. he he was trying to play that off and be and when he and when at the end when he got found out he he kept jumping back to that to keep trying to distract her from what she ultimately found out about him because he wanted it to to have more power. Mm-hmm. That's that's the reading I took into it. Maybe disagree, but the the point being um, that there there are things like the ending, of course, is way too rushed. Uh, the very last scene, and, and it, it it feels like you 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 just they just stopped and and transported to a community theater. There are things about I felt that way about yeah. like the beginning actually, like when he ran out of sick bay, yeah, and, and like yeah. just like let him go, and then he ran into the guards. Right. Right? There's a couple things like that. Um, this is early '90s. This is the yeah. beginning of you know serialized storytelling in in television. Oh, sure, it, it, there's well going back. It definitely seemed like because I remember watching. I mean, I was a kid then. I remember watching um, Next Generation, 
I like that. Oh yeah, and I, I don't remember like this stiff, fake, cardboardy acting. It's like, also the first season of, of a show. People are still yeah. getting their their grips about you know how to how to shoot scenes in the environment, how best to you know direct this crew, this these actors. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things yet to you know consider. I still think it was a good episode of of television for that time. You didn't happen to watch Travelers yet, did you? I haven't. It's on my list. I want to. It's... I, I looked into it. I think the, the idea is kind of neat. So I watched uh, three episodes last night. <coughs> the first, the second, and the third. I thought the first episode was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I knew, like, in a sentence what the plot of the story was. So I had a little bit of a peek ahead, but it'd be kind of cool to go in not kind of blind. And not knowing it, because the way the episode progresses, I mean, it, it explains it as it goes, and you start figuring things out, mm-hmm. but it, it jumps in and doesn't tell you what's happening. You kind of have to watch and, you know, wait for it to come to you. And, you know, I don't, I don't watch things like that, right? I, tr- I don't, yeah, you don't often, yeah. so I, I know enough about it. Yeah, I mean, you'll still enjoy it. I mean, I, I knew that, you know, in, in a sentence or two, what, what it was about as yeah. well. Um, story, I think this, I think you'll like the story, the writing is good the acting is good second episode like the second act felt a little cliche or rushed but uh the third episode i thought that you know was back to where the second one was it you know if the second episode was indicative of more that would have been a little like there was the i think the second act of the second episode was probably the weakest thing i've seen so far but other than that um you know, I don't recommend things to you very often. No, but you don't. I think and this one's, you know, it's too early to tell whether it is as good as Mr. Robot, but I'm thinking it has potential to be there. Mr. Robot needs to improve because, in retrospect, yeah. it's starting to fall off. Yeah, yeah. In terms of my interest, I'm talking about the beginning of Mr. Yeah, Robot, yeah. and I think this has potential to be good storytelling, good acting, compelling story, and uh, it's. Yeah, I mean, how many how many shows can sustain being interesting for for multiple seasons? Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to do. Yep. So, and we have a lot of uh, interesting options out there. So, I guess we should move on to the See, show. They the were kind of cold. I want to make sure they're not. <coughs> Excuse me. Too cold still. <laughs> well, I hope we're not. I hope I didn't uh, give you any sickness last time because I got no. I got sick right before I had to go to Boston. I think the, the, the grimy kids got me sick over mm. Christmas. I mean, not sick sick, but cold. Like, you know, I had really thick mucus and, you know, like dark yellow stuff. And That's, yeah, I, I, still have, I still have that. I got, like, a flu-like thing the, the day before I was going to go to Boston. <sighs> and that really sucked. Um, and I, I was considering canceling the trip. And then I woke up the next day and it was, like, okay enough that I could travel it's oh, still it, tough but I made it and then I was kind of not great for a day in Boston and then the rest of it I was fine that's cool so the um, oh for people listening we were talking about Travelers that's a Netflix show yeah if you want to check it out so Heather and I went one of my coworkers lives nearby so we went to his house for a New Year's party but the, kid, the kids were there kids were fine but you know like at 1030 we, we checked out mm-hmm. and came back here and I tried to watch some New Year's programming. Oh, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> How many years in a row did we do a New Year's show? Four or five? Things have really shit the bed since then. 
the most sincere thing I saw all night was Ron Jeremy playing Old Lang Syne on the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most sincere thing I saw all night. Wow. The, did you see the Mariah Carey thing? I didn't. I know this thing happened. I didn't see what happened. I mean, you should. It, it's like so the the soundtrack's playing right, and she she's like not even trying to lip sync, like just standing there, like half coherent, almost falling down, and the vocal tracks going on. Oh wow! <laughs> it's some of the worst, like meltdown, bad lip syncing you can ever see because she wasn't even trying to lip sync. Um. Oh, every I'm trying to think. Everything was so bad. Uh, I, I've, I guess I've wiped most of it from my memory. But you should see the Mariah Carey thing. Oh, uh, Star Wars things. Um, the third gathers backstrip of the West. <laughs> so Greg uploaded this thing <laughs> to, to our shared folder, and. I start watching it just to see, and it's Revenge of the Sith, but it's subtitled. So, like, for the opening crawl, the subtitles are, like, this laughable English translation translation type mm-hmm. thing. But it's in English again, so I was trying to figure out what happened. So, my guess was someone took the whole movie and used Google Translate to turn it to Chinese and back to English or something like that. But I guess the real story is they took the Chinese theatrical release translation and translated that back to, like, literal English or something. Is that is that what it is? I, I, I know that... I think, that's, I think that's what they did. I know this... Excuse me. This is where Do Not Want came from, that that meme, because that is... So that, that was, like, you know, someone had pulled, pulled that from the, uh-huh. from the subtitles that were turned... Yeah, the Chinese turned into English or whatever it was. And... This is them. Somebody then took it and found actors to speak out the dialogue in. Yeah, yeah. So they dubbed. It's the entire Revenge of the Sith dubbed with the English translation of the Chinese theatrical mm-hmm. release of Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. And I couldn't watch it for more barely, than like twenty minutes because barely it's, comprehensible. Yeah, I couldn't watch it for more than twenty minutes because it's fucking Revenge of the Sith. I mean, how much can you really stand it? But it's funny to see them like say these ridiculous lines and so it's almost it almost makes it somewhat more compelling <laughs> just because you're like Ugh. but it, it's like not even comprehensible yeah. i'm like so i watched the space battle scene i'm like this makes no sense so i'm like maybe once they are standing in front of their green screen and walking and talking i will it'll mm-hmm. be more comp- no not, yeah. not yeah. any more comprehensible at all but uh, i thought you would enjoy that have you seen this i'm uh, rick and morty Peak at uh, no, at, uh, at season three. No, so this, they had it on uh, the Adult Swim. Um, the, they have a show, a streaming show called Development Meeting. So there are these three guys talking, just in the introduction of it and a little bit during it. But I think it's <clears throat> great, great little scene just as an introduction mm-hmm. to what we're going to get. Are you going to date? Now that you can date anyone, I don't know. I think I'd like to be on my own for a bit. I mean, obviously, if someone special comes along. But I mean, really special. Like, nothing I've even remotely considered in the past. Holy shit. I want that kind of love, like that docking kind of love. Oh, yeah. Like, penis in the foreskin kind of love. Mm -hmm. Just, like, warm. Just, like... Hey. (laughs) 
Everybody fuck off. Morty, I need your help. We, 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 we need to go on a quick adventure. You said I could go to school today. That was before I needed something, Morty. There's a plasma shard in the Abadongo cluster. A princess has it. If I get it, I'll be awesome. We've been going non-stop, Rick. It's not healthy. You know, these are my teenage years. I, I just found out Jessica's single. Oh, that's... Wow, Morty. Wow. What an exciting life you lead. Let's go. In and out. 20 minutes adventure. I did the burps for Rick this season. Steady, Morty! Five Cetons! They're on our tail! Steady, goddammit! Two Cetons! Fire! I just noticed that looked like a butthole. <laughs> and then there's a vagina, and then <laughs> Like the Star Wars movie. So they got into the spaceship after the award ceremony. I can't fucking do this anymore! It was seriously fucked up. We almost died. So you agree? Fuck yes! That was, this was insane! That was pure luck! I was not in control of that situation at all! <laughs> Look at this, Morty! Look at my fucking hand! Look at this shit! Why do you keep doing this to us? I don't know, Morty. Maybe I hate myself. Maybe I think I deserve to die. I, I, don't, I don't know! <laughs> We need a vacation. <laughs> yo, what's crazy? Wow. What's, <laughs> what's yo? What's crazy? <coughs> what I love about that is that's like what, what I love about Rick and Morty in general is they take a concept, sci-fi concept, that's played out to hell, mm-hmm. and then just go another step further and say, okay, what right. happens after that? And this is like. They do adventure space, adventure bullshit that you'd normally see in an episode. Right. And then what happens afterward? They're like, what the fuck did we just do? <laughs> I'm like, the, I was not in control of that situation at all. <laughs> because there's been times before where he's been mm-hmm. not in control, but yeah. he plays the cool. And now he's like totally freaked out. <laughs> um, is, that, is that like kind of infer they're going to go on this nice... It's quiet vacation, and then I, I mean, hijinks are going to ensue, probably. Well, I mean, it's, it's Rick and Morty, so that'd be my guess. But it's good to see <laughs> that the writing is, seems to be on point still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just the word of the honor of the galaxy. Right. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <A> fucking meltdown. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <clears throat> That was that was a, that was fun to see that because yeah that also you know they, they put the little Star Wars music in there I don't know if you were actually gonna do that in the episode but they wanted to get the story across in the animatic and it works that does glow pretty bright even in yeah Jeff is showing me this putty uh, it's glow and dark silly glow and dark silly silly putty same company that um, makes the magnetic stuff that <clears throat> and um, we put it under under a bright light for a while and it's uh, it's glowing pretty strongly. Even uh, just after what you know, thirty minutes. I mean, enough that you. It's there's still light in this room, and you can still see it glow. Mm-hmm. Yep. I should turn off the lights when we're done. 
It was pretty bright when we were messing with yeah. it earlier today. And I know how uh, how that works. Fluorescence. I think it's cool. And, and I don't think you lose anything, any sense of wonder by knowing how something works. I agree. Let's drink some beers. Let's do it. <laughs> 